Well, hello there, and welcome to episode three of Caffeinated Yogi Talks. As you might know from chatting with me in person or from listening to episode one, finance is a big part of my past life. Today, we're going to dive into some tips and tricks revolving around the monies. This episode will have a direct focus on those in the fitness industry. However, I do think all the humans can benefit or learn a thing or two from these knowledge bombs. Some things we will cover today will be reviewing your numbers, how to make taxes a bit easier, and how to price your products. There is a lot to cover and I don't want to soak up hours of your time. I intend to make these podcasts something that are short, sweet, and digestible. So grab your coffee, maybe a pen and paper for some notes, and let's dive in. Hi there. Welcome to Caffeinated Yogi Talks. I'm your host, Danielle Collinsworth. Here, we will talk about all things yoga, both on and off the mat. Fitness, entrepreneurship, this crazy thing called life, and maybe a bit about coffee. So throw on your headphones, grab your favorite cup of gel or tea, if that's your fancy, and let's get chatting. Okay, to be honest, I do think that today's episode is going to be a little hard for me to stay on track. I can ramble on and on about different bits and pieces of financial advice, and this is one area that I have actually received a lot of messages around in regards to some podcast requests, which I also am very flattered that I'm already able to say podcast request. This is a direction that I never thought I would expect to go with my business, but I'm kind of excited about it. No, I do not have any paid courses or anything like that in regards to finance. However, a good friend of mine, Misty Jane, who used to do my hair, is now launching her own virtual business and has a financial course. If you are ready to get your financial shit together, her words, not mine, then I suggest you check her out. I'm going to link her upcoming course in the show notes, so take a peek there if you are interested. I think she does a really good job making financial progress something that is accessible to everyone, which leads me to another awesome resource. I was recently interviewed for the Better Coaching Podcast with Stan Dutton, and my episode is titled Mindfulness and Money, or something like that. I will also link that episode into the show notes once it is live. However, that topic really kind of resonated with me and gave me the comfortability to talk a bit more about finance on this podcast. I think this platform is a really good resource for me to be able to provide some small and free tidbits of information and basically give us a way to connect off the mat in another dope way. Okay, see see what I did there? I've already rambled on just like how I said I would a few minutes ago. So let's backtrack for a minute, or maybe I should say, let me get my shit in order. And let's start with the first topic, knowing your numbers. 
This is most definitely one area that I think all small business owners and those that are employed by other humans as well can really benefit from. However, I'm specifically going to be speaking to small business owners or those with an entrepreneurial perspective. A professor of mine in grad school said something that has literally stuck with me and something that I actually relate to almost every day of my life. It's a very simple concept revolving around a small business owner mindset. He said, if you ever encounter a small business owner that does not want to talk about a specific part of their business, then that specific part is failing. So let's take this concept and relate it to the monies. Now, I know this might be really hard to swallow because our society puts this restriction on talking about money. Like, we've been told that we should keep it so hush-hush. And to be quite honest, I'm probably going to dive into this topic specifically in another podcast episode to come. However, I personally think that if you encounter a small business owner who is not comfortable or willing to talk about money, then there is a problem with their money regardless of what society says. I'm rambling about this because you need to understand your numbers and feel comfortable about them in order to let them grow. More times than not, we review our finances, and by we, I'm right now talking about the general population on a yearly basis. Your accountant requires you to submit your financials when it's time for taxes to be completed, and that's probably about the only time you really dive in and evaluate your finances. Therefore, my professor would say your numbers or your monies are falling apart. I mean, think about it. If you're a yoga teacher, you probably know exactly how many students were in your largest class to date. Or if you're a restaurant owner, you remember exactly how much revenue you made on the busiest night since opening. Yet, you don't know the exact losses from the day when you had no students or no customers. This therefore means you have no idea how much the slower days have impacted the tremendous amount of hard work that went into the busiest of days. Let me give you an example that revolves around me directly. Before I begin guiding a group of students through a yoga teacher training program, I normally take in the most amount of money for the year. If training starts in January, I make three to five times more in the months of December to January as potentially compared to the months of February to March. This is where mindfulness plays a big role. I see time and time again that fitness professionals get hella excited when they launch a platform and they see all the monies coming in. They even share with the world that they're doing fantastic and then they go and spend all of their money on stupid ass shit. Maybe they only needed $100 worth of new equipment, but instead they go buy $2,000 worth of new equipment. Maybe they know they have to invest in some website development and they pay somebody $5,000 instead of finding somebody that works within their actual budget. You know, the one that they had set before the big fat month of revenue. The high income months are awesome. However, to be sustainable and to not let the numbers fail you, you have to know your numbers. 
So how does a fitness professional do this? First things first, all business and personal finances need to be separate. Picking on myself, Sky's the Limit and Danielle Collinsworth have two different big accounts. Sky's the Limit takes in funds for all events, virtual membership platforms, and yoga teacher trainings. It also pays out the monies to yoga teachers, insurance, travel expenses, virtual platform needs, and to be honest, probably a list of a hundred other things. All of these expenses, both in and out, do not go directly to my personal checking account. Now, I know if you're starting out, the idea of separating funds might seem scary. If you go to a big bank, they're just going to intimidate you. I used to work for Bank of America, so trust me, I know firsthand. You'll probably go in and they're basically going to make you feel like a piece of shit because you don't make enough money to have a business account. So yes, I totally understand that it might seem a lot more stressful than what it is. In my personal opinion, this is when you really need to take time to do your research, reach out to a mentor, talk to a bank that is not on such of a large scale. And I'm very sorry for those that might be listening that are employees of my previous employer or those that support the big guys. I'm really not trying to knock them down. All I'm saying is that whenever you're starting out and your business is making little to nothing, a larger bank probably is not going to be sustainable for your business. However, it can still be very beneficial for you to have the funds separated. Hell, even if that means that you separate funds into Danielle Collinsworth checking and Danielle Collinsworth savings. Well, obviously insert your name checking and savings. However, I want to complain if you sent it my way. <laughs> I kid, I kid. But in all seriousness, that is one way for you to begin to track the separation of business and personal finances. I did that. Yes, I repeat, that is how I started. Now, I 100% do not think that this is a workflow you should sustain and keep for a while. This is one that will make things like your taxes and other areas down the road more complicated. However, it is a great way to start. Now, let me continue to pick on myself as I talk about finances as an individual. I get paid directly via Sky's the Limit for teaching different things. I also get paid via caffeinated yogi and for coaching CrossFit and a bunch of other things. I'm telling you this because my personal and business accounts do look similar in regards to I have money coming in from all different directions rather than hi XYZ employer, thank you for giving me the same exact dollar amount every other week. This is one very important reason why you need to take a look at your finances more than once a year, especially if you are an entrepreneur. And to be quite honest, you signed up for this. You chose to not have XYZ employer take care of all of these back-end fun details. You chose this glamorous road of entrepreneurship. So let's work at making it something that is a tiny bit more glamorous, shall we? It sucks, but the piece of your business that you love the most might be costing you money. I repeat, the piece of your business that you love the most might be costing you money. 
I take a look at how all Sky's the Limit events are doing quarterly, yet I review coaching expenses monthly. Your review process does not have to be the same as mine, and it does not have to be the same from one part of your business to another. However, you do want to find a model or process that works for you. I personally do a quarterly review of events as times of year definitely impact them. Yet I look at coaching monthly, if not more at times, because to be quite honest, it has been a part of my life where I have a tendency to put in a lot more time than what I think I am. AKA, basically I will end up devaluing myself when I look at the numbers. It is a part of my own personal mindful money review that I know needs improvement. And I have gotten better, yet I still have a ways to go before that is where I want it to be. Think about how many other parts of your life you are mindful with. Your relationships, your food, fitness routine, and your hair, your clothes, and your car, a.k.a. Most of these things are fueled from money. So why won't you take time to be mindful about how you can support your own support system? Knowing your numbers doesn't have to be this 10-hour-a-week process. Take time to develop a review system that works for you and ensure that it really is something that works for you. Some numbers will scare you. Don't be an asshole to yourself. Review and learn from mistakes and make mindful decisions as to how, if, and where you should make adjustments. Let's keep with this idea of mindfulness as we move on to making taxes easier. I would love to say that I have a bunch of tips and tricks when it comes to preparing your taxes. However, my mother and grandmother have always been my go-to on this area as they're both accountants. I can, however, give you one piece of knowledge to assist you. If you know you are one that owes money every year, then I suggest you create a tax account based on percentage. If you are your own badass boss, then I'm sure you've had the IRS knocking on your door telling you that you owe monies. It sucks, but you can create a way for it to not hurt as bad once a year. Similar to having a separate business and personal account, you need to have a separate tax account. My personal recommendation is to not have a set number or amount that goes to the tax account monthly, quarterly, yearly, or whatever you so choose, but rather have a set percentage. Backtracking to my personal finances yet again. If this is right when teacher training is starting, Putting in something like $1,000 to a tax account would not impact me all that much. However, take my slowest month of the year and I would be struggle bus city. Because you do not have to have the same amount deposited into your account every other week, you should not be transferring the same amount into your tax account regularly. Instead, transfer a percentage of your net income. Let's say I made $10,000 one month and $1,000 the next month. If I deposit 10% of my net income each month into my tax account, 
I will be putting in roughly 1,000 one month and 100 the next, AKA I have money to work with on the low income month versus having not even a damn penny to my name. Be mindful and prepare for the shitty tax time so it just won't be so damn shitty again. So we covered the importance of knowing your numbers and a tip or two with your taxes. Now let's talk about one area where most people struggle, especially in the beginning, how to price your products. Anyone want to guess where I'm going with this one? Be freaking mindful. Within the fitness industry, people see what a competitor is charging and try to match it without being aware of the products that are offered. Let's take a minute to pick on a yoga studio versus a CrossFit gym. Sure, the yoga studio might need a bit more money to get the inside all up to code and ready for all the yogis to come in and have fun because most yogis won't do crazy things like practice in the middle of winter with no heat as CrossFitters will do that all damn day. However, overall, a gym is going to require a lot more overhead cost. Equipment costs a ton and luckily yoga equipment is pretty damn minimal especially with the Rona. Over my years in the yoga industry, I have seen so many studios close. And to be honest, about 90% of those who shut their doors are charging the same as a CrossFit gym. Who the fuck thinks that this is an acceptable pricing? The yoga studio has no free weights, no rig, no dumbbell, no barbell, no kettlebell, no rowers, no bikes, no pegboard, no treadmills, and guess what? The list goes on and on. But I think you get the picture. Now, please note, I'm not sitting here picking on those that have closed due to COVID. I feel horrible for those that have been impacted by this pandemic. I am instead just talking about how to figure out your right pricing. With yoga, this is so dang tricky. You either see those that charge double what I would ever pay for a monthly membership or their pricing is just LOL worthy and makes me wonder if they are even a certified instructor because they are quite frankly insulting their profession by how little they are charging. Charge what you are worth. Location, competition, demographic, and so much more will definitely be a determining factor. Let's look at a more individualized example. A personal trainer that works one-on-one writing programming for clients three times a week versus a trainer who works one-on-one in person twice a week and also assists in nutrition. Trainer A and trainer B should not be comparing pricing. The process of writing programming is very different than guiding someone directly. Trainer A is not traveling and they are not utilizing any other form of education or other resources to assist in other needs like nutrition for their client. Or are they? I'm not trying to speak out of both ends of my mouth here. However, if you are Trainer A and you are providing other services, why the hell are you not charging for these services? an issue that I personally come across so often within the fitness or health industry. 
This is the process of connecting your price point with the understanding of your numbers, aka topic point number one and number three on this podcast definitely go hand in hand. So my lovelies, I do not have a golden ticket or a direct dollar amount to answer your pricing needs because you need to mindfully develop the value of your product or service. I do believe it is fine to look at your direct competition, but do yourself a favor and make sure they are actually your damn competition. The health and wellness field is extremely vast. You just might have a service that is five times the price of mine, and I might tell you that it is priced adequately based on what you provide to your client or yogi. Let's recap from this rambling hot mess of an episode, shall we? Number one, be freaking mindful with your money. If you take nothing else away from this episode, please try to implement that into your life. No matter if you are a fitness professional or not, we can all benefit from being mindful off the mat and this is one awesome way to do so. Small business owners or entrepreneurs, mindfully be aware of your monies. Review what is coming in and out and make adjustments if and where they are needed based on your analysis. If you are in a profession where you owe the IRS, be mindful and prepare early. Make that time of year less shitty by setting a direct percentage that fits your needs into a tax account. And lastly, price based on your service, your business, and your worth. Don't assume that all services within the health and fitness industry should be priced the same. Find a ticket price that works for your ideal client as well as for you. Charge fairly. However, also ensure that you or your business is being paid fairly as well. Mindfulness is forever the key, my friends. If you enjoyed or found value in any part of this episode, please, please, please do me a favor and give the show five stars plus a written review. I promise to talk more about the monies and episodes to come. If you have any direct requests, though, please message me on the gram at Danielle the Yogi and check the resources in the show notes. Until next time, namaste and slay, Boothang. Thank you.